Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Circling the Bases. My name is Chris Crawford. Hope everyone is having a great week. Hope everyone is enjoying this time before opening day. If you're listening to this on the normal download way, it is Thursday. It is opening day. It is unfortunate that we've already had a couple of game cancellations. I will go on a rant some other time about how silly it is that we have games opening on the East Coast, but super excited to have you and super excited to have daily shows going on right now. So Monday through Friday, we've got shows going on. I have a solo show on Monday. Drew Silva and Janice Scurriel will have their power rankings on Tuesday. Mr. Colin Henderson and I on Wednesday. Me and a guest host on Thursday. Drew along with DJ Short on Friday. And we will be going live for those shows at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Please check out our Twitch channel. The link to that is twitch.com slash NBC Sports Edge. Today is one of those live shows. Thank you for everyone who's joining us via Twitch. Feel free to drop some questions. We'll do our very best. It's a pretty busy show, but uh, we like to take some time from it. And my first special guest of the season is the guy who likes to ask me questions on Tuesdays. So I figured I'd ask him some questions on Wednesday, and we'll preview the National League. Colin Henderson, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, do I even count as a special guest anymore? Yeah, I think yeah. I, like I mean, I, I guess yeah. yes. I, I yeah. no argument there. You're special. All, you're all, I don't know. Yeah, I think we yeah. might be downgrading the word special there a little bit. All right, I have to ask you a question before <laughs> we right, get started. Not 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 to interrupt your uh, your passive aggressiveness, but Colin, who's winning the Masters? Who's winning the Masters? Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, my heart says Tiger Woods, but my head says that's oh. stupid, 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 stupid. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think there's a couple guys who are coming into this play. Zalatoris has played really well of late. Yep. I think he's a sleeper that you can look at. I mean, John Rahm continues to play up and has not, I think to my mind, has not yet won a Masters, and I could be wrong on that front, but boy, he seems due. Yeah. Um, Kepka played better in the last round. I still don't know if he's 100% healthy, so I don't know. I'm going to go Zalatoris on a late. Um, and you know what? Give me Morikawa. Morikawa takes it here. I, I think he's just been, he's been real good. He's... He's already got two majors under his belt. Give me three before the age of 25, and we start having a Tiger Woods conversation about him. So I was going to pick Morikawa, so now you 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 jerk. You're going to make me change there it. There you go. Boring. We had we had way too many. Too much agreement yesterday, yeah, and I hate to say we might have too much. So, agreement. yeah, I think like, we yeah, will, give too, me someone just because there, there's a lot of seeming chalk. But uh, I'm going to go Jordan Spieth. I just think his game is so geared for give this. Give it to me. I love I, it. I, I think at by the way, I was just looking at the odds, eighteen to one, and Will Zalatoris is thirty to one. So there's some mm-hmm. real money to be made there. I've got, I've already got him on a uh, make top five. Uh, oh, very I've already nice. got him there. I'm not hedging my one. bet for the full win, but I think he's no. going to play up. So give me top yeah. five. I've already got a couple shekels on that. Yeah, and if I was going to pick one of the favorites here, I'd probably go with either Justin Thomas or Scotty Scheffler. Both of those guys. I mean, you can pick them really to compete in any tournament, but I was going to go with Morikawa. His game is just perfectly suited for that course, yeah, it really but, is. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting. I love Masters Week, and I really hope we can see Tiger Woods competing past the, the first official few days. start of spring, and I love yeah, it. This is abs, this is when spring starts. It's not March abs, Madness, not anything abs. else. It's when I see the azaleas at Augusta. That's when spring officially starts. Awesome. So before we begin our National League preview. Got to tell you about the 2022 NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide. It is available now, and we're giving our listeners a very special offer. 
you can get 22% off our draft guide and annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. We get you ready for your fantasy draft with expert insights and tools at a low, low price. And those tools are going to matter. The in-season stuff, you need that stuff. So definitely get that. So all you got to do is go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code BASES22 to check out and save big on the season. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So yesterday we previewed the American League, and today we're going to take a look at the National League. And what we're going to do is we're just going to run division by division. And we're also going to look at some players, and you've probably already drafted, but Look at players that we want on our rosters for the year. So maybe this is more trade than drafting stuff, but players that we would on our rosters and players that we're kind of avoiding. And Colin, you gave me the honor of picking what division to start with last time. And I'm not going to do the same thing for you. We're going to start I with the NL East it. because it's just weird. We it, You have to start with the East at some point. So we're going to start with the East. I think this is the most complete division in the National League with all due respect to the NL West and complete disrespect to the NL Central because that division, whew, maybe yeah, we'll we finish on that. that. Yeah, but that. it's it's really not good. Um, you look at uh, this was a division that has spent quite a bit of money in the offseason, and it also has the defending world champion. Um, give me just your overall thoughts on what you expect to see from the National League East. Well, look, I think the National League East, and it's similar to the National League East of the last like two or three years especially – is that you could basically take one through five and you could split them in any order, especially one through four, and you could convince me at the beginning of the season that that's correct. I mean, I think there's still a lot of parity, even though the Braves won the won not only the National League, the National League East, and obviously the World Series, but I, I still think the Braves have a couple question marks in terms of their starting rotation that makes me worry just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mets have both been the Mets and are the Mets. So, you know, I, I have both a <laughs> Steve Cohen and his unli- and his limitless purse versus uh, the Mets just kind of continually finding ways to out-Mets themselves. Um, Philly might have the beefiest outfield sans the Yankees in, in all of baseball, and boy – they're going to hit the hell out of the ball, but their defense is going to be miserable, and I wonder yeah. quite a bit about how that's going to play out. Sure. Um, and then we talk about – who am I skipping? My uh, Washington is in complete rebuild, and I think that's the change in this division from the last few years where Washington was at least – at least coming into the year had potential to like kind of punch up. This year I don't see that at all. Um, but the team that I think could very well punch up is the Miami Marlins. I think that pitching staff is incredible. Um, with just so many good young talent right behind it. And if they don't debut for the Marlins, they are phenomenal trade pieces for a team that really is just, I think, a couple bats away from being a real wild card contender here. Um, whether or not ownership believes in that as well and actually wants to invest in the team is, at least this year, is a completely different conversation. But I think there are a few bats away from genuinely being a chance of making the postseason. So I think this is a very fun division, especially one where you have the upper echelon of Philly, New York, Atlanta, and up, you know, a potential upstart team in Miami, and then a Nationals team that has Juan Soto. So, you know, yeah. He exists. Yeah, the, yeah, I think this is a really fun division too. Like I look at that Philly roster and you know, they, I think they've got an excellent one-two punch, assuming Zach Wheeler is healthy and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola 
I love that lineup. I, you know, say what you will about the defense and defense absolutely matters, but they have some guys who are going to mash. I would not be shocked if that team competes for setting a home run record in the national league, because they just have so much power throughout that lineup and guys like Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber just add to it. My, my issue with it is the fact that they didn't address the biggest thing to me that was wrong with that team in the bullpen, like all due respect to Corey Knebel and a few of the other additions, that bullpen still looks really bad. And it's like, you know, we talked about with Toronto how, you know, oh, if the bullpen is the worst thing. But that's a little different because Toronto has so much completeness everywhere else and they can make those moves. Philadelphia does not have a great farm system. And they're really going to need to make those additions in order for that, I think, to, to fit. That bullpen's going to need to be addressed, I think, at some point. Uh, maybe Ranger Suarez ends up being that closer. But I, I would want Ranger Suarez starting games if he can be stretched out. He was so good last year, so underratedly good. Um, the Mets are, I think, probably the most complete roster now, even with the loss of Jacob DeGrom, and that's weird to say about a division mm-hmm. that has the defending world champion. Um, have some real question marks, again, about – and I almost picked this guy as the guy I'm avoiding is in Starling Marte just because I have seen that skill set deteriorate so quickly but i think he's going to give him at least a couple of good years max scherzer kind of almost seemed like a a luxury ad but now he how big was it them signing max scherzer now with the fact that they're going to be without uh jacob Degrom for at least i think the first half of the season and who knows what you're going to get yeah. um i i think this is a really fun to and then atlanta like defending world champions and not a defending world champion fluky thing either. I know that they were super out of the, they look like they were just about out of this thing, by the way, I keep going back to how awesome that, that trade deadline was for them to make oh, the missions. Like, perfect. It's it's perfect just, one. And, and yeah, they did it without destroying their farm system and, sh- and did something for their fan base that said, look, we want to keep on trying. The key is going to be, for me, is is Ronald Acuna healthy? Is he going to be able to give them 130 games or so? Because if he can, I think this team can compete with anybody. If not, they're going to have to catch lightning in a bottle. So I'll do my predictions real quick. I'm going to go one Atlanta. I'm going to go two Philadelphia. I really like this lineup. Uh, three, uh, three New York, four uh, Miami, and then five Washington. I, I love Juan Soto so much, and I'll talk about him in a, in a little bit. But uh, – that's that's going to be my uh, prediction is that Washington is kind of out of this thing. Well, I don't think that's much of a prediction. I think that's, more, <laughs> looking, that's just looking yeah, at the roster. A prediction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is technically a prediction, but it's Obvious not a particularly tough one to get to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, I, I, I unfortunately, and again, Chris, I can't stand it. I have the exact same order as you in oh, terms no. of, and oh, I want to no. just change it to Mets number two just for the sake of it. But honestly, I Do think it. Philly ends up taking over the Mets during this year. The yeah. fact that Jacob deGrom is probably going to miss at least – three months of the year, if not more. And I don't know what he come, what kind of Jacob DeGrom we see when he comes back. Is this something that they treat him with unbelievable kid gloves, even though he's a free agent at the end of the year, which I think is going to be, a, by the way, a very fascinating dynamic. All right, Mets in a postseason run, Jacob DeGrom back. Do you burn him? You know, do you, do you kind of go out there and let him run loose? Or do you kind of hold him back, even though he's not going to be, you know, you're going to have to pay him? to next year in the off season. Like, right. I, I think that's just going to be very fascinating when he theoretically comes back, but I just think Philadelphia has the better. I think Philadelphia has a better offense right now. I think they're going to hit a ton of home runs. And you mentioned that bullpen. Look, they brought in Corey Knebel. They brought in Jairus Familia and they brought in Brad hand as well. I'm not saying all three of those plus Jose Alvarado, who's already there suddenly makes a bullpen, but I think that is at least on paper, there's enough there that should be able to get you through the first half of the year before you realize, okay, do I need to go invest elsewhere and bring in another, you know, maybe potentially someone to fully close it down. Look, you and I were both on the team of, um, of trying to bring Kenley Jansen to Philly because you slot him in here. Neville turns into a setup man, Alvarado familiar, Brad Hand turn into high inning relievers. Like suddenly everything slots back. And I think that's where I would like to see Philly still look at mid season, but you mentioned Ranger Suarez. I think he is a sleepy fantasy pick as well, by the way, if he continues in that 
starting rotation. I think he fills it out quite nicely. Look, people have kind of forgotten that Kyle Gibson's on the roster, but Kyle mm-hmm. Gibson was a sneaky good pitcher last year and yeah. at the very least eats innings. And that's something that we can only say about a few pitchers nowadays. And I think that's very important for them. So give me Philly two here. Atlanta still is too strong for me to not bet them in the East. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what, I mean, obviously the loss of Freddie Freeman, but the addition of Matt Olson, I'm going to call that basically a wash in terms of um, at least on the field production. Um, I am curious to see what Marcelo Zuna, after missing all of last year, comes back, uh, obviously, with the DH in the National League now, how much he plays, how effective he is. Remember, before the 2021 season, he signed a big money extension with Atlanta. So uh, they have a financial impetus to put him out there. So I'm curious to see if he can bring back, you know, the 2000 um, Marcelo Zuna, then that is a huge bat that is getting added back into that lineup that certainly should offset any Freddie Freeman loss. Um, And then again, we talk about Ronald Cunha Jr. Look, he looks like he might be back within a month or two. And if you're telling me I only miss a month or two of Ronald Cunha Jr. and I get him back and he is what he is, Atlanta just has too much to that. I don't think anyone can stop them from getting over the line here. Um, A full season of DeGrom and Scherzer. Maybe we talk the Mets here, but DeGrom for at least the first three months, if not more out, that's enough for me to drop the Mets back. Yeah, I think that's fair. So we'll go over the players that we're wanting for these roster and the guys that we're kind of avoiding at their draft cost or maybe players to trade high. Um, I'll start. I'll go with Pablo Lopez as the guy to draft high. Like he mm-hmm. he's went on average like 134th in Yahoo leagues. That's way too low. Pablo Lopez has shown ace like stuff when he's yeah. healthy. Um, and I, I do like the defense a lot more behind him now. I think that he's going to get a few more wins chances. Again, that division being so good, I think that is an opportunity. Um, if, if somebody is willing to trade him, I would be looking to go get him because a little bit of a health concern didn't, hasn't really been able to show that he can do it over a full season just yet, but somebody I really like. And the guy I'm avoiding, it's, it's purely because of where he's being drafted and a guy that I'd be looking to trade high on it's Matt Olson. I like Matt Olson a lot, but I think you have to be really cognizant of the fact that Matt Olson is far from a lock to give you any help in the average category. I, do I think he can hit 40 to 50 home runs, especially in that new ballpark? Oh, you bet you're sweet. You know what? That I think he can do that. But I also think he might do it with a 220 or 230 average. And a guy that's going like at the end of the second round, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the third round, especially with first base where there are some offensive options, it's just a little too high for me. So if I can sell high on Matt Olson and or if I'm drafting, I'm not taking Matt Olson at the end of the second round or the beginning of the third. Colin, who are your two players? Okay, so I'll stick at first base here. Pete Alonzo is a guy I'm targeting in, nice. in any remaining drafts I have going on and whatnot. Look, he could win the National League and he could lead the National League in home runs. He could lead Major League Baseball in home runs if he gets going this year. The offense is simply better around him. He should be hitting right behind, you know, Lindor and Starling Marte. Like there should be a lot of run production run production opportunities for him. And his ADP right now, 52. For me, I like I'm more than happy grabbing Pete Alonso in the third or fourth round. He is somehow slipping to bottom fourth, you know, somewhere in the fifth. I think that's mm-hmm. an absolute steal at that point. I'd be happy to go grab Alonso there. Um, also, keep an eye out for, especially he might be available still in your league, Gene Segura, uh, another person to kind of keep an eye out. Look, last year he had 290 with 14 homers, 58 RBIs, uh, 78 strikeouts, and nine stolen bases with an OPS of 784. Just for second base ranks, he was third amongst all second basemen in average, 12th in homers, 14th in RBIs, 12th in stolen bases, while striking out the fifth fewest times. And his OPS was .012 behind Ozzy Albies. I'm not saying that those two are the same player, but one's easily the second best uh, second baseman off the board. Uh, Segura is currently going 21st among second basemen. Wow. I just think there is tons of value that you can find there late in drafts that he might not be a sexy name anymore, but he continues to put up basically low end or you know uh, second base one numbers. I'm all for that. Um, fantasy a person to avoid here. I hate avoiding him because I or I hate saying this name because I've been wrong on him on years and unfortunately I'm gonna keep driving that hole. Um, Charlie Morton is 38 years old. Mm. 
and that is enough for me to just hesitate just a little bit. His ADP right now is 72. I think that's a little too high for a guy who, you know, the strikeout numbers have been there. The injuries have kind of been there a little bit. I, I just think there's enough worry here with age and potential regression that I'm not drafting him inside the top, you know, seven, eight rounds. I think that's a little high for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, it's There's a lot of risk with it. Some reward, too. He oh, just very keeps much so. on doing it. He just keeps on doing it, but there are certainly starting pitchers that I would draft above him. So anybody who's familiar with TV knows that there is often a three-act structure, and the second act is usually the weakest. So we're going to go to the NL Central as the weakest act because it's the bridge this act. division. Is, yeah, it's the bridge act. Or if you're watching one of those uh, Simpsons episode, they always make fun of the fact that the second story is always the weakest. You start with your best, or start with the second best, end with the best, and you have. <laughs> The middle one, um, and this is very much the middle one. Colin, I think this is the worst division in baseball. Convince me that I'm wrong. I mean, I will say the Chicago White Sox existing makes you correct. Uh, If it weren't for the Chicago White Sox being what I think the Chicago White Sox can be this year, I'd argue that the Central is probably worse. But Mm. no, I'm going to give you the American League Central, I should say, is probably right. But no, the NL Central is going to be the worst division, mainly because I think whoever comes out of this division is not, I mean, they might be postseason built because I think the Brewers are a postseason built team with that pitching staff that they have. But I don't think they're a particularly good team overall. I don't think, I don't believe in that offense enough in Milwaukee for me to believe that they are, should be considered among the upper echelon of teams. I think they are a top 10 team, top 12, but Uh, especially because of that pitching staff. But I just don't – I still worry that that offense is not good enough if they're trying to go the full distance here. Um, A big rebound from Keston Hira, who had a very nice spring, could go a long way towards helping that. They added Andrew McCutcheon, who obviously could slot in as a DH spot. Um, Willie Adamez was a revelation for them last year after being traded to them from Tampa Bay. And obviously Christian Yelich is still there. And if he could be anything close to the Christian Yelich of just a few years ago, uh, that suddenly that offense starts filling out quite a bit, but there's a lot of ifs there. And that makes me quite worried. Um, But otherwise the rest of the division Cubs are in kind of a weird uh, go for it while not going for it conversation. Like I don't really know what they're doing. Um, they, they have that kind of hamster wheel of mediocrity that they seem to kind of be running on right now. Um, Cincinnati is in full fire sale. Uh, it certainly seems it Luis Castillo, Tyler Maley, uh, Joey Votto, all three of them. I would not be shocked if they got moved somewhere during the season. They are still on the roster right now. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they were wearing another person's clothing. Um, and then obviously Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. And and who am I skipping in this conversation? Uh, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals. And the Cardinals, if this was 2016, I think this Cardinals team would be really good. I I mean, it's 2022. We're still running back Wainwright, Yachty, and Pujols now and all the rest. And I'm just like, I just don't see this team being enough. The pitching staff, I just do not see – there being nearly enough pitching on that roster for them to go off. Remember, this is a team that made the postseason last year as a wild card, but they had to win like 19 straight games in September to make that happen. Otherwise, they'd be sitting on the outside looking in. I don't think St. Louis has that kind of magic in there this year. I think they could potentially fall to as low as third in this division. I can't see them finishing third, but that is not a compliment to them. It is an insult <laughs> yeah. to the teams below them. Just could, because could. yeah. The, yeah. the big thing here with St. Louis was the the loss of Jack Flaherty, who, you know, is he's only on the ten day and injured list to begin the season, but I doubt we see him back very soon. It's yeah. just not it's a big loss to them. And it makes yeah. it makes Adam Wainwright their ace, who was great last year and it was super fun to watch him. By the way, Adam Wainwright was phenomenal during the uh postseason uh, as a broadcaster i am super yeah, excited when he retires in seven years to hear uh what he is because i don't i don't think he's leaving anytime soon i think he's having too much fun playing um i really actually well only thing i'll disagree with is i do think milwaukee is a really good baseball team and okay. part of it is because i think they might have the best rotation in baseball oh like, no question you're, yeah. you're starting with 
Corbin Burns and Jake Woodruff and, or excuse me, Brandon Woodruff. I was just looking at Jake Woodford. So of course that was going to happen. Freddie Peralta, guys like Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser at the back end, who would be mid rotation starters for a mm-hmm. lot of teams. I really like that. I really like their bullpen too. Hater to Williams is as, or excuse me, Williams to Hater is as good as it gets in terms of that and some other solid arms. The question mark, of course, is how much they're going to hit. And it became a real issue in the postseason. But I think sometimes we can look at that stuff and maybe overrate it a little bit. Like, they're going to have to hit better. You're going to need Christian Yelich to be closer to that MVP form. He doesn't have to be as good as he once was. But he has to be a legitimate middle-of-the-order hitter. You're going to need Willie Adamas to be... Um, that guy that they saw for the most part. He doesn't have to be quite that good because after right. that trade, Willie Adamas was like a legitimate top 10 shortstop. I, yeah, I don't think no you question. can expect that going forward, but I do think he's good enough and young enough. Like he has had success. There's reason to believe they'll need Andrew McCutcheon to be a solid DH option. Um, I think their defense is pretty darn solid. I think that they are going to take advantage of the fact that they play in this division, so their win total may be a little higher than their actual true talent is. But it would not shock me at all if Milwaukee won 100 games because I just think there are so many – there's no such thing as a gimme win in baseball, and it's one of the reasons why it's my favorite sport because mm-hmm. anybody can beat anybody on yep. any given day. Like even a double-A team, if you got the, the right starting pitcher going that day and you get a bunch of lucky breaks, can beat a Major League Baseball team one time out of 20. It can happen. Can't happen in any other sport like that. The, the very best teams are going to beat the very worst teams if you're talking about that, the, the, the dispersal in talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of this division is barely worth talking about. Pittsburgh is a joke. I will say they've got a real nice farm system coming up, and I still like Brian, he- Brian Hayes quite a bit. Brian Reynolds should be a person you build around, but instead he's going to be probably somebody who's on the move just because – Pittsburgh, I hate it. I'm so sorry, Pittsburgh. It is not fun to deal with this as somebody who's rooted for a team that has not made the playoffs in 21 years. But uh, it's been even worse for Pittsburgh since 1993 or so, despite a couple of playoff appearances. So my division record will, my division standing will go Milwaukee like one and two, if it would be possible. Uh, I'll go two St. Louis. I'll go three Chicago. Four Cincinnati and seventh Pittsburgh. They don't. They don't get fifth. They get seventh. That's fair here. I'm going Brewers first as well. I'm going to go Cubs too. I think this. Okay. I think one. I thought the Cubs kind of impressed at the end of last year, even after moving all of the the major pieces from their core guys like Patrick Wisdom and uh, and Swindell and a bunch of guys like that started playing a little bit up, and I thought that was nice. They added Marcus Stroman in this offseason and lost Zach Davies, who was maybe one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year. Um, I think like I think there's an I think there's enough there, and honestly, I think. St. Louis is it's I don't like that St. Louis roster. I keep looking at the roster expecting to be like, Oh, it's St. Louis, but I just don't particularly like it. I don't like that pitching staff. I think they are overly reliant upon far too many veterans for my liking. I think some things could go poorly for them and they fall to three Um, Cincinnati and Cincinnati is going to be four, but that's only because Pittsburgh's going to try harder to suck. And I think that's going to be, that's going to get, Pittsburgh over the top to be at the bottom of that division coming soon to a MLB uh, draft bubble or a, a, a draft, a ping pong ball near you uh, yeah. Pittsburgh. But let me ask you this, just a little bit more about the Brewers here. And again, I have the Brewers winning this division. They could absolutely win a hundred games um, simply because they play all the rest of those teams, in that division 19 times. Yes. But in this off season, Offensively, and as I'm looking up their roster here, um, offensively, they added Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro and Mike Brousseau. Yeah. That's their, that's, that was their offense last year was not good enough. And they added those three names to an offensive list. Like, I just worry that when we're talking about the Brewers here, there is not, I mean, McCutcheon's probably going to be batting cleanup for them. Yeah, uh, I mean, Yelich is going to be batting three. I mean, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me if Willi, Willi Adamez is batting like in the five hole. Like, I, I, I worry that this offense just is not going to be good enough to get them over the hump when they actually have to start playing against good competition. But fortunately for the Brewers, 
they don't really have to deal with that until about September or October. So that should be quite helpful. Yeah, that will be helpful. And I will say this too, like Colton Wong is like always an underrated player. He's not exactly a guy. I don't see a lot of automatic outs in this lineup either. Like Omar Narvaez is always going to give you a tough at bat and get on base at a nice clip. Um, First base is kind of the one concern, except for the fact that I have been really impressed with Keston Hira. And I'm going to just go ahead and lead into this. Keston Hira is the guy that I'm trying to get right now. I know how bad he's been in 2020 and 2021. And to say bad is the understatement of understatements, one of the worst offensive players in baseball. But in 2019, this was a guy who had a hard hit percentage over 50% and looked like the next big thing. And he has made a swing change. He has toned down that leg kick. He looks so much better than he did in that 2020 and 2021 season. Yes, I know it's the Cactus League where offense is friendly and these games mean absolutely nothing. But Keston Hira is the guy that I'm targeting because if you are if you can get him and put him on your bench and see if this is real, oh, flip it well if you have to drop him later. Like, sure. big deal. There, You're going to have to do a lot of roster churn to be good. That's just the way this works. So Keston Hira is somebody that I'm targeting And the person I'm not targeting, and again, I like this player, and I think what he did last year was really impressive, and I love the muscle dude from Canada, but I just can't draft Tyler O'Neill where he's being drafted as the 74th. Like, you're seeing players in the outfield like like Yelich, like Cattell Marte, like Brian Reynolds, like Mitch Hanniger, Jesse Winker, Kyle Schwarber, Ryan Mountcastle, all going below those guys, and everyone I just mentioned – I would rather have on my roster than Tyler O'Neill. I know the stolen bases are something that, you know, helps in that situation, but I've just been burned by the Tyler O'Neill train way too much. And I look at it, he was, he killed the baseball last year. Like he should be in jail for what he did to the baseball last year. Like it just made so much hard contact, but he did it also while striking out an awful lot and swinging and missing an awful lot. And I just can't count on him to help me in that average category. I, I have some question marks about driving and runs in St. Louis. So as much as I like him, if he was going closer to that 100th pick, I think I'd be more interested in. But at the top of the seventh round, which is almost exactly where he's going, 74.4 in Yahoo leagues, I just kind of have to pass on Tyler O'Neill. No, I'm with you on that. I think Tyler O'Neill. he was on my finalists for fantasy avoids here just because yeah. I, I, I just – think we're drafting and I, I have I have an issue when we draft for kind of like potential more than actual, you know, and yes. start getting a little in love with like the, the, if he maxed out on all of his potential, mm-hmm. like this is the player we could get. And you're like, sure. Yeah. But I don't want to draft that. I want to draft it when it's 75% of that. And I can lead up to it. I'm paying right now a hundred percent price for Tyler O'Neill. I want to pay 75% of that price. Um, for me, fantasy targets, um, and this is one that I, I will bite the bullet on halfway through the year be, if I'm wrong, but Luis Castillo is still a guy who I'm very much targeting here. His sure. ADP is outside the top 100 right now. Look, he has SP1 stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem is just that he just has not always been quite as consistent with it. He's been a notoriously bad early season pitcher, but has usually finished the second half of the year incredibly strong. For example, right. last year, um, first two months, uh, one and eight with a 7.22 ERA, and guys were hitting 321 against him. Yeah. Bad, real bad. Yeah. However, yeah. from June 4th onward, had seven wins with a 2.73 ERA, 144 strikeouts and 135 innings with a 225 batting average against. Like those are the numbers that I think Luis Castillo can put up if he's able to kind of get going. And right now, he's starting the season with a little bit of shoulder soreness, so he can even be had I think at even more of a discount right now than right. if he was 100% healthy. Look, even with an awful first two months in last year, he was still in the 93rd percentile in barrel percentage and in the 70th or higher percentage in expected ERA, expected slugging, whiff percentage, and chase rate. I think the metrics are there. If he can stay healthy for a full season, um, I'm all for him, especially at where he's getting drafted outside the top 100. And remember, like I said before, it's very likely he could get traded to a contender before the deadline. Sure. And if so, yeah. then his stock goes even higher up. So uh, give me Luis Castillo there. Fantasy player to avoid 
Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier, uh, a better real life than fantasy player. And that's Cabrian Hayes. Um, I just don't think he will do enough in any category to be elite anywhere. And I think he's going to give you kind of just average numbers across the board. Now there's still a roster spot for him in deeper leagues or, you know, in a corner infield spot later in the draft, sure. but he ain't going to be my third base one on any of my teams. And and truly, he probably won't be on – so far, I've done quite a few drafts. Cabrian Hayes hasn't hit any of my rosters yet, and I just don't think there's enough fantasy value there for me to go up and grab him. Yeah, I think that's fair. By the way, Castillo, uh, the hope is that he's going to be back in April, according to David Bell, um, and he's traveling with the team, which is a positive sign. Yeah. Obviously, going to need to have a rehab start or two, but the fact that you can get him and probably – stash him on your injured list and then have him back for May, I think is a really good thing and a great point about the trade deadline thing. So let's he close with like the- pitching in weather under 50 degrees you know, <laughs> the later into the season, you get him yeah. going the, yeah. the less sub 50 degree days you get from him. So that for just only sh- increases that value. There you go. Uh, NL West. I think that this division has the best team on paper in baseball um, in the Colorado Rockies. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Interesting division. This is a division that had two teams that won an awful lot of baseball games last year, a team that was on pace to have uh, a team win an awful lot of games before they lost Fernando Tatis Jr., um, a team that everybody made fun of and actually ended up being a little bit better in that Rockies team, and a team that won 52 games. So you get a little bit of everything in the National League West. Is there any chance – that anybody is topping the Dodgers to win that division, though, Colin. You know, I said there wasn't a chance last year, and boy, did the Giants come out of nowhere and make every analyst out there look foolish because, boy, we were all stepping over ourselves to say at the quarter poll, like, this isn't believable. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden they win 107 games. (laughs) So um, so I – there is a chance here. Look, the Padres, uh, we, the Giants still have a quality team around them. And mm-hmm. you know what? What they've done with second-tier pitching and turned yep. those second-tier pitchers into low-tier one pitchers is sure. incredibly impressive to me. Very Cleveland Indians in their developments. Like They just are taking arms and making them better. Anthony DiScofani last year, Logan Webb. Uh, this year they add Alex Cobb, who, by the way, um, just a little forward thought. He's one of the people that I'm looking to target in in drafts just because if he follows the same suit as a lot of the other pitchers that San Francisco has had over the years, he's going to outplay his draft day value, and I'm for sure. Um, obviously, the Padres losing Fernando Tatis hurts. It never doesn't hurt, but there's still a lot of talent on that roster. It's still a it's still a front office that is very aggressive. That if there are any holes on that roster they have the prospect capital to go out and get whatever they need. If so, um, they add Luke Voigt this year, which I think is a nice bat again in a, um, especially from just the home run perspective, he will be a better first base slash DH than Eric Hosmer. That should give a little bit more line of protection there. I still think that there's a lot of talent on that roster and that pitching staff. Look, if the pitching staff plays up to the back of their baseball card, they could be one of the better pitching staffs in baseball, at least from yeah. a rotation standpoint. Sure. Obviously, then after that, it's the Rockies and um, – and why am I blanking? Uh, the Diamondbacks, who are based – like, Yeah, there's a reason why I'm blanking. I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, <laughs> obviously, after that is the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, both in a rebuild mode. So they're not going to play into anything when it comes to wild card or the division. But – Obviously, going to Coors Field, the Rockies still have a plucky lineup and a plucky team that should still, you know, eke out some wins against better opponents. And mm-hmm. uh, and the Diamondbacks, for all the jokes that we make at them, have a couple good young players on that team sure. from Absolutely. both like Zach Gallen and Dalton Varsho and others. Like they still have. I mean, obviously, they're years away from competing, especially in this division, but. They, they have some fun players, especially from a fantasy standpoint, that can help teams out there. They're just not going to be relevant in the division race. No. Uh, they, I think that they've got a nice setup going forward, but right. long, long way from competing. Um, I, I think the Dodgers are, on paper, the best team in baseball. They yeah. are just loaded. The signing of Freddie Freeman, I mean, 
talk about the rich getting richer. Sometimes that phrase gets overused now. It's the rich getting richer in a big way. This is the Pretty definition free. of it. Yeah, this it's is the like definition. Up, that, that old joke, yeah. like look up in a dictionary yeah. and what it, yeah. like this is the picture next to it. Is the Dodgers yeah. line up in 2022? I would say the one question mark I have about the Dodgers, honestly, is I didn't love Craig Kimbrell going to the Dodgers. I thought that trade was fair for both teams, but I have just seen too much of the bad Kimbrell at times. And I do wonder if they may have to make another move there. Now, it didn't hurt them. Like they have so much depth that they could replace AJ Pollock, really, AJ Pollock, excuse me, really easily. But um, I wasn't a huge fan of that addition. And by the way, Colin, Guardians. Guardians. Oh, did I say it again? I'm gonna say it all year long. I'm gonna get uh, this wrong a whole bunch. So I'll um, go for I'll go for the I'll go for my division order. I'll go Dodgers. I'll go Padres over Giants, but I think they're really close, and I think both teams end up making the playoffs. Rockies in fourth, Diamondbacks in fifth, but I do think Colorado's a little better than people are giving them credit for. Like I, I have some real questions about their rotation. I will have question marks about the rotation forever, forever. until they yeah. start playing in some weird, like, you know, what's a table hockey type of league where the ball just like starts blowing <laughs> the other way. Somehow I will always have questions about that pitching staff, but that lineup's fun. So I'll take them forth. And then Arizona, you, you've got a little bit of a bright future ahead. Cause I really like your system, but it's going to be a long year again, I think. Yeah, I've got Dodgers, Padres, Giants, um, Rockies, Rockies, Diamondbacks as well. I think, like you said, I think that that Padres-Giants is going to be incredibly fascinating from a wild card perspective because I think both of those teams – look, if Fernando Tatis was playing a full year and we could expect him to play a full year, I think I'd feel a lot more confident with my mm-hmm. with my order. Um, if he – if his injury lasts longer, if he doesn't come back and isn't the, quite the same Tatis this season, then sure. it's very possible the Giants take the second spot. But I think there's enough time for Tatis to come back. I think there's enough pitching on that team, especially from a rebound standpoint. You Darvish was not particularly good last year. Blake Snell was not particularly good last year. Mike Clevenger was injured all of last yeah. year. And right. Sean Manaya was not on the roster last year. And they still sure. have Bill Musgrove there. Like, yeah. those are the five. And that's not including you know, the top of their farm system, which has a bunch of arms, including Mackenzie Gore, who, by the way, looked phenomenal this spring. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel really good about that, Ryan. Weather, like there's a lot of good pitchers on that team. I think there's enough from that starting rotation that should keep them afloat while they wait Fernando Tatis's um, return. I do wonder a little bit about that bullpen. They didn't do it. They lost Mark Melanson in the offseason, did not do a ton to replace him there. I think right. there is, I think, uh, and again, we've spoken a whole bunch that relief pitching is the easiest thing to go grab at the deadline. I'm not too worried right. about that if that's your biggest issue. Sure. But I would have liked to have seen them address the bullpen a little bit more in this offseason, um, just knowing that they are being as aggressive as they are and they don't have as many holes on that team as others do. I would have liked to have seen them pound the bullpen a little bit more, but I still think that team is good enough to beat the Giants. And like you said, when it comes to the Dodgers, I mean, rich get richer is every is true in every sense of the word. Freddie with Freddie Freeman coming over. I do worry. All right. So again, we're going to get nitpicky and you can pick my screen all you want again, like you did last night. But <laughs> I do wonder a little tiny bit about the Dodgers starting pitching. Um, obviously losing Max Scherzer in the off season, Clayton Kershaw is 34 and coming off of uh, an elbow injury. And how many innings can you genuinely rely upon him? They're going to be asking quite a bit from Walker Bueller and, uh, Rios this year in terms of kind of that being the one, two punch at the top of that rotation. I just, I, I just worry a little bit. Like I could see a scenario where, you know, any one of those starting guys kind of get injured and now they suddenly have to start bringing up guys from the top of their very strong farm system to potentially replace. And all of a sudden maybe a good season from like a giants last year or a Padres from two years ago could be enough to overtake, but I don't think that's going to happen. I still think the Dodgers have enough to get over the hump regardless of what happens there. But that starting pitching staff does get me a little nervous. Those poor, poor Dodgers that have to rely on Walker Bueller and Julio Arias. Well, I'm yeah. just, I'm just pouring something out for them. Poor, poor no, Dodgers no, exactly. Thank relying you. on Walker Bueller and Julio Arias. So let's speed round through this a little bit, um, so we can get you out of here. I know Colin has a fantasy draft, and those things are much more important than podcasts. Um, 
I will take the guy that I'm taking. You mentioned a bunch of young talent, CJ Abrams. We don't know if he's going to make the roster or not. I'm willing to stash and hold because he has a chance to help an average. I think he's going to be a big stolen base threat, legitimate top of the scale speed. So that's the guy that I'm targeting. And the guy I'm kind of avoiding, it hurts my heart a little bit because I, I really did like this signing, but Chris Bryant's going too high. I know that the course field effect is going to really help him. He probably is going to have about a 40 homer rate, but injuries and the swing and miss is still there. So that yeah. there, I'm not sure if he's still a guarantee to help you in the average category like Chris Bryant a lot, but I feel more comfortable with him in right around the sixth round. Every draft I've done has him going in like the third or fourth right now. And that's just a little too high high for a guy who's not going to give you stolen bases and may not give you a ton of RBI either. Yeah. Current ADP 61 on Yahoo. So you're playing in the leagues with uh, some very aggressive guys. Well, Keep in mind that 60, 61 was when he was a free agent and we didn't know he was going to go sign the hitting. There is some of that there. You're right. Yeah. Um, Player that I am targeting here. Look, I know he's starting out the season injured right now, and he does have a little bit of injury risk here. But for where, I mean, he's basically a free agent now. Brandon Belt for the Giants. Last year, 89th or higher percentile in expected slugging, barrel percentage, walk rate, chase rate, and expected weighted on base average. Has been in the top 87th percentile in barrel percentage in five of his seven seasons. He had 29 home runs in 97 games last year. I'm not saying that he can do that again because that's ludicrous, but I mean, he was on like a 45 home run pace, but I mean, I think you can expect 25, maybe 30 home runs from Brandon belts on a team that scored quite a few runs last year. And outside of losing um, Buster Posey is, and obviously Chris Bryant for the second half of last year is still bringing back a pretty similar lineup. Right. Um, ADP right now, 288 in Yahoo. So he's basically a free agent at the end of your yeah. drafts. I'd have no problem with Brandon Bell, especially because I think he might start the year on the IL. I think yeah. he could easily be an, an early season slot into IL spots and kind of hold until he comes back. But you know what? The guy continually outperforms his ADP and I'm all for those guys. Sure. And the player and, that you're avoiding. And a player that I'm avoiding. All right. I've got two here. Mike Clevenger coming off of Tommy John surgery. Padres have lots of options, including prospects to shuffle in. So he'll probably get eased into action. They could skip starts here. He's going, uh, his ADP right now is 151 in drafts. And that's way too high for me for a guy who might only throw 120 innings this year. I think that's a little too much. Um, uh, also for me, and this is more because he can be on someone else's roster. He's not going to be on mine. Cody Bellinger looked real bad this spring, like yeah. real bad, like could not make contact with a baseball bad. Um, I think at one point he had, he was, uh, I think three for 21 with 17 strikeouts, I think was, uh, I think the last time I had checked that that's real bad. He's still going inside the top hundred, which is blowing my mind. He's not going to be on my team. If he's, a, if, if someone wants to drive inside the top hundred, all yours, he's not going to be on my team for that. So, um, pass on Bellinger. It kills me to pass on a 26-year-old former MVP who's getting yeah. drafted at like 95. Yeah. But no, I saw enough this spring that makes me just genuinely horrified for the prospect of him this year. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I, I'm i trying not to be too hard on a spring training, but it does the eye test. And after what he went through last year as well is just something that it's tough to avoid. So we'll speed round this again. Let's do our uh, our award predictions and the team that we think is going to win the national league. And also we went over our American league champion. We'll do that as well. So I'll quickly go NL MVP. I don't care if the Washington nationals go 19 <laughs> and 143 yeah. Juan Soto, Juan Soto, Juan Soto. I'm predicting you could write it down right here that Juan Soto will finish the year with an on-base percentage at or above 500. He is that good. Uh, my Cy young award. Uh, I was tempted to go with Corbin Burns, but instead I'll go with the pitcher right behind him to be a little bit different. Brandon Woodruff. I think he has just as good a stuff. Uh, quite as good a command. He's not going to strike out 58 guys and walk zero, but a lot to like there. And then rookie of the year, it's honestly almost a little disrespectful, I think, to call him a rookie or a prospect, but I'll go say a Suzuki. I yeah. just think he's going to hit a lot of bombs um, and hit in the middle of that order and is ready to go. A person I considered as being underdrafted because he has a lot of talent. I'm picking the Brewers to win the uh, – um, we did a Twitter space thing and all of us – we're going to pick them until I got kicked off of the Twitter spaces, but uh, I picked the, I'm going to go with the Brewers and I'm going to go with the Blue Jays over the Brewers. I just think it's the Blue Jays year. Okay. For me, I'm going Juan Soto as well. Look, nice. there's just no way. I think 
with Tatis and Acuna being injured right now, yeah. I think it's almost the most wide open NL race that it can be. Like if it's someone other than those three, this is the year to jump in there and do it. Yeah. But uh, I just don't see it. I think Juan Soto, Juan Soto is almost a lock for NL MVP if he stays healthy all year. I think that's how just dominant he can be. Special. Spot. For me, um, for Cy Young, give me Walker Bueller. I think this is nice. the year where Walker Bueller steps up and becomes that kind like of that. pitcher. I think the the everything is lined up for him to do so. He has looked better and better each year. I believe that Walker Bueller might be SP3 off the board for me, and I think he wins mm. a Cy Young. And rookie of the year, I'm going Seiya Suzuki as well. Look, this is the nice. Ichiro effect when he came over and technically counted as a rookie. Right. Um, you know, where you're just like, okay, that seems a little ridiculous, but fine, we can we can live that. Um, but I think for me, we're Suzuki hit 38 home runs and had an 1.073 OPS last season in Japan, has a career 315 average and 958 OPS. I mean, he's going to give you home runs. He should give you average. There should be enough there. I think he's going to walk away with Rookie of the Year in National League. Um, and then for predictions, like I said, I have um, for I have the Braves in the East, I have the Brewers in the Central, I have the Dodgers in the West, I have the Phillies, Padres, and Mets winning the wild card. Um, the Mets sneaking in at the last second because God, I wanted to drop them off of it, but I was like, no, come on, <laughs> no, like the Mets are going to get it, but like I know full well it's going to be like Phillies, Padres, and Giants. Um, and then my World Series, look, if, if if it's black, it's black, it's white, it's white. If the Dodgers are the best team on baseball, give me the Dodgers over the White Sox in the World Series. They get their first full season World Series. I know people are going to nitpick out there, but they get their first full year World Series and uh, take it home. And Dave Roberts looks real good for his Joe Namath-esque uh, guarantee of a World Series title. Nice. So that is going to do it. I hope you liked what you heard. Stay tuned on Thursday uh, at 8.30 Eastern or Friday in download form for Drew and DJ for their first live show of the year. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And you can follow Colin at Call Don't Lie. If you liked what you heard, please rate the show five stars. And please make sure you hit that subscribe button. So until next time, have a good week and a very, very happy opening day to all that have been. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.